Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm the Director of the Practice Identity and Access Management here at Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is Alexey Balagansky. He is Lead Analyst with Kupinger Call. Hi, Alexey. Good to see you. Hello, Matthias. It's great to be here again. Great to have you. Um, we have October 2022, and that means we are in Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So we want to talk about topics that are closer to the end user, which are more practical and have um, a direct impact on what you can do to improve your security posture when you're listening to that podcast. Um, as a start, when you're currently surfing the web when you're on, on YouTube, when you're um, yeah looking at your favorite sites and you have um, advertisements enabled and, enabled and you don't have an ad blocker, you get really um, um, bombarded with ads regarding VPNs to protect your security, your privacy, uh, your data. Alexei, um, is this something that you consider to be um, valid? Is this something where you think people should take care of that and should have a VPN? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. It seems to be, uh, it seems like VPNs are now everywhere. Uh, it's like probably every second video on YouTube uh, has a built-in uh, integration uh, to a, a VPN service. And apparently, uh, we are led to believe that basically VPNs uh, would solve any of your security problems online. I believe uh, personally and not without some reasoning, which we explained today, that these ads are misleading at best. So yes, uh, you should probably kind of uh, explain or just uh, quickly what a VPN actually means from the technical perspective. So VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. It's a really, uh, by modern standards, it's a really ancient uh, networking technology which existed for decades already. And the original purpose of a VPN was to establish a connection between two remote networks. Basically, if you have a, a central office of your company and you have a, a branch office somewhere in a different city, but you want your workers to be able to work as if they are in the same office, you would need a VPN. Obviously, it's a virtual private network. It's a secure tunnel, uh, which is established over the internet. And it will send all your traffic through the secure tunnel, which would, uh, from somebody communicating to you, then appear that you are located somewhere else, like in your company's central office. Uh, for enterprise users, VPN was basically uh, the most dreadful part of the daily user experience. If they are traveling for work, if they are staying in the hotel or I have to work from a train or a coffee shop. They would have to launch a special client and then go through the tedious procedure of logging in, uh, probably using some kind of security key or a smart card to validate their identity, and then finally accessing their working documents, for example. Uh, this experience uh, for most of all, at least for many users uh, in the enterprise uh, market is already a thing of the past. Because especially in the recent years, much more modern solutions, those zero trust network access solutions, for example, are increasingly replacing those old school VPNs. 
So obviously, uh, the companies which make their living from selling VPN products uh, are now looking for alternative markets. And apparently, they have found enough, uh, let's say, valuable end users who are ready to uh, pay quite a substantial uh, sum of money, because usually you would buy a VPN subscription for like three years in advance, to somehow improve their home uh, security. Does it really work? Let's just go through the promises one by one. Okay, when you start with this promise, and uh, the situation that I currently encounter re very regularly is that I'm in a hotel or on a train station where I use a public Wi-Fi um, or even a Wi-Fi where I have a, a shared credential available where they give me the key to enter the path, the, 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 um, the, the Wi-Fi. And then I'm really not sure what happens with my traffic during during transfer. As long as it is um, HTTPS and it's a website, I can assume that this is encrypted, but on a protocol level. But everything else um, is not protected. So I would assume having a VPN that encrypts all my traffic through the hotel network or through the train station network is a good thing, isn't it? So yes, let's just start with talking about the security promise of a VPN. So a VPN a provider will tell you that uh, tunneling your last mile traffic, let's call it like that, through the uh, infrastructure would make you more secure. Well, I mean, technically this is true. They will make your, uh, again, last mile uh, connection slightly more secure. Yes, if you are still using an unencrypted public Wi-Fi in an airport or in a hotel, then yes, theoretically, uh, your traffic uh, is potentially exposed to someone, a hacker maybe looking at the same, on the same wireless network, and they could sniff your traffic and steal some uh, data from your uh, network packets, basically. The problem is that nowadays, well, everything is now using uh, TLS. So yes, you mentioned HTTPS in the browser, if you have that lock icon uh, on any browser tab you have open, then basically your traffic is already encrypted. There is absolutely no need to encrypt it once again for a VPN tunnel. But even if it's not, even for whatever reason you are uh, connecting to a completely unprotected resource, to be honest, I, I just cannot think of any modern internet resource you would actually connect unprotected because any ever, Anything now is encrypted because TLS is very cheap. Uh, remote desktop sessions, uh, remote shells, some FAT clients which connect to an API endpoint, they're all encrypted now. But let's say you want to access your home FTP server, which is completely unprotected. So yes, uh, a VPN would protect you uh, on that last mile from the hacker lurking uh, in an airport nearby, but the rest, of your connection would still be unencrypted. There are still so many other opportunities to intercept it after it leaves the other end of your VPN tunnel. So unless you have a VPN tunnel established directly to your home network, for example, then you are still unprotected. So yes, I mean, technically, they are not lying to you outright. They're just kind of overselling their security promise massively. Okay, then next stop, privacy. Um, many of these VPN 
providers um, come with the promise that they protect you your privacy during surfing by hiding your location and maybe more um, what is it what vpns can add to increasing your privacy yeah that's actually a very interesting uh, proposal and again i believe it's not just misleading it can be potentially even dangerous i mean uh Usually the claim is basically that your internet provider, like for me, for example, it's Vodafone Germany, that they will be monitoring my connection from my home uh, internet and they will know what I'm doing, like which sites I'm visiting, which products I'm buying online and stuff like that. And of course, if I install the VPN client, then my provider would not know that anymore. Well, you have to clearly understand that, uh, yes, your traffic, your last mile traffic, again, will be hidden from your internet provider, but then it will be the VPN provider who will be able to sniff all your traffic and see all your online behavior. Why would I uh, trust to some shady company which is based somewhere in an offshore country uh, of the third world any more than I would trust to a German company which is supposedly governed by a much higher privacy standard. So again, technically, they are not telling a lie. They're just kind of uh, replacing uh, one point of potential trust abuse, if you will, with a different one, where you have even less control. So if anything, uh, kind of relying on a VPN to protect your identity, to kind of ensure your anonymity online, is potentially uh, very dangerous, especially if you're talking about some countries where this is still considered a crime. I don't know, North Korea, maybe parts of China or Iran or whatever. Uh, if you are involved in any kind of political dissent or even just something which you don't want anyone else to know about, a VPN is a really flimsy and unsafe method of uh, Kind of protecting your anonymity. You would should rather consider first of all. I mean, I don't know if you should even go into such potentially criminal details, but again, kind of, you should probably I don't know, try to use a burner phone or use some uh, uh, communication tool which is end-to-end -end encrypted, like the Signal Messenger or even Telegram or WhatsApp. I mean, probably WhatsApp alone is better for your privacy than a VPN even though it is owned by uh, Facebook and we all know what Facebook does for privacy. But I would assume that there are still some good use cases where a VPN can support in changing the, the origin of a data package to hide my location as an, as a user. Think of journalists um, hiding their actual position. And you've mentioned that if you, when you are in a state where, it's no, where there's no uh, full freedom of speech and no full f freedom of, of expression. Um, is, is this not an, a scenario where that could make sense? I'm not talking about watching a, a different countries um, and TV streaming service. I'm really try, trying to think of scenarios where you want to achieve, uh, where, where you want to hide where you are. Again, kind of uh, for most uh, end users, uh, hiding where they really are is more of a convenience feature. Yes, if I want to watch, I don't know, some British... Uh, TV shows which I cannot access from Germany, yet I would probably rely on a VPN to basically trick, let's say, BBC into thinking that I'm located in the UK. 
But again, this has absolutely nothing to do with privacy or security. This is a uh, purely a convenience feature. And by the way, this feature is really easy for the actual content provider to uh, identify and prevent you from accessing anyway. Because if you are using a really popular VPN service with uh, thousands or even millions of other users, you are still uh, accessing that uh, resource through a very well-known IP address. And it's up to Netflix or BBC or any other content provider to just block that IP address from accessing their resources completely. And this is known to have happened in, in the past and it will probably happen even more in the future because, of course, those uh, content providers are not interested in piracy and stuff like that. So again, this is a convenience feature and not very reliable one, but this is absolutely not a privacy feature. It's extremely easy to circumvent and it's extremely easy to still uh, be able to identify you as a user through all of those uh, nefarious uh, tracking features companies nowadays employ to identify you. So they don't even have to know that you are Matthias Reinwart, but they will still have enough evidence on you basically to use some uh, big data analytics maybe to at least identify your real uh, world location. And if you are planning something really illegal, a VPN will not help you in any way. Right. So we've talked about security. We talked about privacy. Is there anything where you consider a VPN being useful to be uh, employed in, in communication? Again, as I mentioned, the only uh, really useful uh, method of using a VPN nowadays is just convenience. What if I want to know what my website looks from a different country? What if I want to watch uh, you know, kind of a, a geo-blocked uh, TV show? Which is that kind of, uh, let's call it, quote-unquote, testing tool or convenience uh, unlocker for an end user? This is really the only valid reason for, uh, to buy a VPN nowadays. But again, even that reason is already at least partially illegal in some countries around the world. Hopefully not in Germany or in the US, but uh, again, in countries like Russia or China, just having a VPN subscription can be a problem. Okay, so what would be the alternatives? Alternatives would be to make sure that every um, website that you're visiting, every service that you use is configured to be using built-in encryption to protect you um, from, from ground up? Absolutely. Well, first of all, obviously, you have to know uh, that anything you access online is secure. Again, in the browser, well, you just have to look for that lock icon, which is pretty easy to spot for any user. For some other applications, you just have to do a little bit of research. Like if you want to to use a new instant messenger or a video service or anything else, well, there is no other way but kind of to Google a little bit to read through the uh, terms of service and so on and understand that, yes, this is actually uh, secure. This is actually encrypted. Again, for some uh, really well-known services, it's already common knowledge. Like we, we do know that Zoom, for example, uses end-to-end -end encryption or Telegram or Signal Messenger. And we also know that WhatsApp is only partially uh, secured that way. So it's up to you to decide whether you want security more than you need convenience. 
And that's uh, kind of about the security uh, part of it. And of course, uh, you have to understand that if you are using a third-party security tool, you are still relying on that third-party security tool provider. You still have to trust them. And you have to think about it. Like, do you want to trust some company from, I don't know, like uh, a small Caribbean country with uh, shady legal practices? Or do you would you rather trust uh, a large, well-established communication provider from Germany or your home country? Okay, great. Thank you very much, Alexei, for giving your opinion and your position on, on the use of these security tools in maybe quote-unquote security tools and privacy tools. Um, and uh, I hope this was useful also for the, to the audience for, for deciding where to spend money on and where to um, invest some work when it comes to securing your own security and privacy. And, and the, I think that was really helpful. So hopefully security or cybersecurity awareness has been improved by this. Um, thank you very much, Alexei, again, for being my guest today for this Cybersecurity Awareness Month episode. And I'm looking forward to having you very soon again um, here in my podcast. Well, thank you, Matthias. And by the way, as a uh, final takeaway, again, remember zero trust. Your motto on the internet, whether you are an employee of an enterprise or just a home user should be trust no one. Don't even trust us. Do your own research, follow your common sense and stay safe. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Alexei. Looking forward to talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.